0: Final Fantasy IV is Harry Potter two is a great analogy. Let's
1: let's try not to do that analogy because honestly, after the Flint Michigan analogy, we're gonna need to scale back the analogies. The analogy I truck is backing up, totally, and it's going to keep backing up.
0: Totally disagree, forever. dude. Analogies are what are what make this world sing. Analogy is how we find purpose in life. <sighs> okay. Welcome to Choker Bros, a Final Fantasy podcast. I'm Lewis Penn, and I'm playing most of these games for the first time. And I'm your other host, Preston Dosa. I've already played through most of these games over the
1: years. Together, we're going to explore every Final Fantasy until Square Enix stops making these
0: games, which probably won't happen. Every month, like a feather drop from 500 floors up, gradually making its slow and inevitable journey towards the pavement, I'll delve a little deeper into the Final Fantasy universe. Then we will talk about the games, what worked, what didn't, and what's going on behind the scenes. This episode, we're continuing our exploration of
1: Final Fantasy IV, a game where everyone seems to die for increasingly arbitrary reasons.
0: Preston, I remember playing this game when it first came out, and then I died for arbitrary reasons. Arbitrary Reasons is the name of my collection of pet fish, which I purchased for, you guessed it,
1: $22.99
0: at Value Village. (laughs) Speaking of Value Village... Let's talk a little bit about version differences and the second part of Final Fantasy IV. God!
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the stupidest intro we've made yet.
0: Yeah, definitely. Lewis, where did we leave off? You've basically been given a mission. This whole game really plays as the one last job stereotype or trope a little bit. You decide that you want out, but first you have to do one last job and then you kind of get out, but then you get back and one of your friends gets abducted and you have to do one last job to save her, right? It's kind of the one last job trope again and again and again. So in this case, the last job is Sarah has been abducted. Sorry, Rose has been (laughs) I'm, we're off to a great start.
1: <laughs> we've had we've had a month and a half in between recording the the last episode and this episode, and in that time, Lewis still doesn't remember the name of one of the main party
0: members. Obviously, one of the main party members, because there's she's more than just a trope. So the latest one last job, last job you get is to save Rosa by getting one of these crystals for Golbez. Golbez is like. No, no, no! It's okay. You get that crystal for me. I'll give you Rosa back. So you're like, okay, fair enough. Crystal, Rosa, transaction, transaction. Never mind that. You know, as much as we're trying not to, this game is kind of objectifying women. So you end up flying with your party to Troya, where you meet the Trojans. Now remember how if they don't die on screen, they don't die. Well, Edward didn't die. Thank God. But he's, hey. and this is my favorite thing. Just as useless in a hospital bed and not in your party as he is in your party. He's sick. They don't want him to move. But they tell you that they need a little bit of help before you. they give you that last crystal. Right? Mm-hmm. They need you to go get the Whisperweed, kill the Dark Elf, etc. So you get the Whisperweed. You find the Dark Elf in, I believe, a hospital, which is which is kind of a fun time. And so you know, with the with the whisper, with the whisper weed that Edward gives you, you kill the dark elf, and you get the crystal. Great, congratulations! Right? Yeah. Now, what I don't really get about this is that then you have to like climb the tower of Zot to get to Golbez. Like, yeah, he wanted you to come back with the crystal, but, but then, he doesn't make it easy for you.
1: He makes you have to fight a boss. And also climbed this decently sized tower, all told.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like he put so many roadblocks in your way, but the whole time your party's like, "No, no, no! If we get the crystal to—I keep wanting to say gobles—to uh, Golbez, <laughs> if, they, if we get the if we get the crystal to Golbez, he's going to give us Rosa, right? He said. So you go all the way up the tower of Zot. You fight a boss. I think the the, the the Magi sisters or something like that. Magis sisters. The Magis please. Sisters.
1: Okay. Tur- and turns out that um Golbez had his um fingers crossed and is actually gonna give Rose the back. Which brings us to Yeah a wonderful moment.
0: Well well first I gotta I gotta get my best gasp on. You ready for this?
1: <gasps> I was actually a pretty good gasp, not gonna lie. Right? I was expecting something like That wasn't as strong as that, really, but that was good.
0: I've been working on it, because in Final Fantasy IV, I think the point of every other plot point is to get you to gasp. So yeah, here's Golbez, and one of your party members has made his expressed purpose to kill Golbez. Like, that's all he's alive to do, and that's Tella, who tries (laughs) and fails. Because of course he does! He's old. He
1: He tries to cast Meteor. And it doesn't end up killing Golbez, but it does mean that uh, Cecil's best friend Kane is no longer mind controlled.
0: That's true. Can we talk about how Tella missed a golden opportunity to pull out a really beautiful pun right at the end? There. (sighs) It's time for you to meteor your maker. Holy!
1: (laughs) That's awful. I don't think you need the meteor sound effect at the end of it, but that was really bad in force. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so the other thing we get up here is not only the return of Kane but also Kane standing around awkwardly while you smooch.
1: Yeah, because See you smooch. And Rosa, smooch. Yeah. Which is um how six-year-olds refer to kisses.
0: Yep. So after the smooch, uh you decide, "Oh yeah, Kane's actually a good guy." Obviously, he's been brainwashed. Thank you. Actual reason for your best friend's shocking betrayal, Final Fantasy II. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now a full party leaves. Uh, you have to kill the Archfiend of Wind. I think I have this in my notes. Barbaricia, Barbaricia, I think is it. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's all Italian. Is, there, is there another yeah. Italian boss in this game? Are all these bosses is Golbez Italian? I can almost see it. Is Goldbez Italian? He might be.
1: The question on everyone's minds that I really don't want to know the answer to.
0: You know how Pokemon but, always has like a country where they base kind of the map for each of their games
1: or a province. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. Like maybe God is is Final Fantasy IV set in the Mediterranean Sea. What is what does 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 the does the the island that Baron is on it, does that does it look like a boot? Have we missed something very... No, we haven't. No,
1: okay. we haven't. It doesn't look like a boot. Stop reading into it that much. Barbaricia, okay. however, is a, a demon from the Divine Comedy. So that's a fun fact. <laughs> oh, actually? Yeah. It also means curly beard. It's all making... Does... I don't even think Barbaricia has a beard. I don't think so. Actually, I'm looking at... A... Nope, definitely does not. So, okay.
0: Uh... <laughs> well... Oh, my God. I just looked. Yeah, uh, That yeah, Definitely is, does uh... not have a beard. Still. Absolutely scalding hot. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Anyways,
1: enough about our <laughs> diversion into where... Italian, Italian Final has, Fantasy. Italian Final Fantasy.
0: I guess, yeah, the benefit of having the, like, former right hand of the bad guy in your party is that you know everything about the bad guy's plot, yeah. which is to go to the moon, which isn't that all of our goals. Well, I mean, to be clear, blame it's the is to the moon. It's the way of the moon. It might not necessarily go mm-hmm. to the moon. Oh. I, listen, man. At this point, the game has promised me the moon. And if you promise the moon and you don't deliver, that's that, that's grounds for a breakup. So I assume that's where we're going. But first, we have to go the exact opposite direction because yep. you end up going underground. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. I don't know why Golbez entrusted Kane with like so much stuff. Yeah, probably, probably didn't think that, um, you know... But-
1: the mind um, control some of old drone. man would come up and cast a meteor spell on him. I, I guess that's right. Hi, my mind control is perfect, but if anyone casts meteor, then it can break my hold over my mind-controlled puppet. You
0: know, that kind of. But checks. who would do that? Because meteor would just kill you. Like that kind of and- checks though, because he's a pretty arrogant guy. Like I feel like it makes sense. Arrogance, right? doesn't that's think true. there's anything that can stop like is like yeah i'm pretty confident to be f- to be fair like meteor also did not stop him really so that's true i mean like i, I guess like, arrogance
1: maybe found it
0: that's true I, I guess like when i make toast in the morning i'm arrogant enough to believe that putting bread in the toaster and turning it on will result in toast right
1: yeah that's the height of arrogance right there
0: so well i'm just saying be more humble maybe maybe Golbez thinks that kane is kind of like his toaster and he's just like I can kind of do whatever I want with this toaster because at the end of the day, I put toast in the toaster and out pops toast, not out pops betrayal. You know? Can
1: we uh, can we just call Kane the toaster from now on?
0: I love it. It's actually right. a pretty good nickname, honestly. Yeah, Kane's the toaster. Sweet. It's been decided. So your new party consists of the toaster, the karate master, and then Rosa and Cecil. That's am four I? people. That's four people. It is. Yeah. I'm not missing anybody, am I?
1: I think you may be missing someone. Maybe. Oh,
0: Sid. How could I yeah. forget? Yeah. I'm so- Sid, sorry. The sorry.
1: creepiest version of Sid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot oh, about sorry. Sid because uh, his his plot really does take a turn. So you go down to the dwarves in this underground city. Is the city Agart or is it like, is the underground Agart? Agart? I
1: believe it's the, believe it's the name of the town.
0: Okay. Yeah. So... You end up having to climb another tower underground, which is kind of a funny concept. Um, some might call that just a uh, staircase back to the surface.
1: What's the name of this tower, by the way?
0: Oh, it's like uh, the the, the, towel, the Tower of Pops or the uh, the Tower of Babel. There we go. What could,
1: what could that be named after, I wonder? It's not like Final Fantasy to include biblical references.
0: <laughs> Final Fantasy <laughs> begs, borrows, and steals from every culture on Earth pretty equally. Yeah, I'll told. I'm okay with it. That's true.
1: That's true. But anyways, you have to go to the Tower of Babel.
0: Yeah, You gotta and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preface this by saying that at the top of the tower, you're gonna find an old party member. Because guess who else didn't die? Who? Rydia. The little child that you spent so much time grinding with at this wow. I need to rephrase that. The little <laughs> that you, that you, uh, trained. No, this, this doesn't, there's no way to make what so listen, listen Inridium... You just backed yourself into a corner right here and there's no way out. I mean, listen, man, like it's kind of horrifying because now, so you find out. So, you, so let, let's back up a second. So you go to the top of this tower, the dwarves have tanks by the way, and they're fighting with the Red Wings of Detroit. So (laughs) you bypass this entire battle to climb the Tower of Babel, and at the top of it, you find uh, Golbez. I mean, you have to go through a couple bosses and all that good stuff, but Golbez is about to kill all of you. There's like an unwinnable battle, and then Rydia comes and saves you. Rydia is now no longer a kid. She's leveled up in a time bendy sort of like many, many years sort of way.
1: Yeah. Basically, like, entered the Final Fantasy version of the Hyperbolic Time Chamber and just spent, like... (laughs) I like that. Spent, like, ten days in that, and now she's ten years older. Even... No matter matter how you justify it, it's weird.
0: You do find out that she spent some time in, like, this underground dungeon of monsters kind of thing, which we'll get to in a second. We'll get to that in a second, because you can travel there. But the point is... You climb up the Tower of Babel, but unfortunately there's this new party member, which means someone's got to die and you draw straws and sure enough, uh karate Master Yang decides to lock himself in the exploding the exploding chamber i the Tower of Babel's still there afterwards. nothing's really changed about it. he's there to destroy some artillery and I want
1: to talk about the arbitrary deaths that I mentioned in the intro, but there's another one coming up. So I'll save my little rant for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now you're like fleeing and you've got mostly the main party, but there's still a weird character with no kind of arc left in your party, which is Sid. So as you're flying away with the enterprise, which is your giant flying ship, Sid realizes that his character doesn't have a plot arc. So he scraps a bunch of bombs to himself and jumps off. Which I achieves nothing.
1: This game this game has a commitment to always having like four or five party members at all times. Yeah. And instead of like, you know sometimes it has like, oh, a character like goes away. Basically, like when Rydia disappears, presume dead, right? Oh, you don't see them die, so I guess that fails on the rules. Else-
0: we also can't say that they're dead. So, like, it's it's clear that they're dead, but it and they could do that, and they could have characters
1: be like Yang, be like, "I'm too injured and I can't go on" or something like that. But like eighty percent of the time, it's now nah, we gotta kill them. So, <laughs> so
0: like Tella. Yang so, so I was last episode I'm like <laughs> if there are any characters that are gonna die it's gonna be Tella Yang and Sid because they're one-dimensional characters that are either old or weird and all three of them are dead so you know prediction predicted.
1: prediction predicted
0: so the good news is there's still a chance that there's still a chance that all is not lost because once you defeat this evil Dr. Lugay which we didn't even <laughs> Dr. Lugay uh, we didn't even really talk about him, but he's the boss in the Tower of Babel. Honestly, what
1: ends up happening is, like, here's the villain. Smack.
0: That's how most of these villains are introduced. There's very little setup.
1: Yeah. Which is fine, you know. At the same time, like... I guess so. A little bit more should be spent.
0: After you go back to Baron, you're able to go to the Eblin Cave. Eblin, Elbin? Eblen Cave? Eblen. because you know the four of you have uh escaped and you need a you need a party member to replace Sid. so you decide you can probably find this guy in eblin and you find edge who is a prince who's a little annoying and definitely sexist and why is he annoying well partly because he's sexist um yeah, yeah, but also because sure. he seems kind of full of himself but also sad like it's a weird like you know, we try to pack as much character nuance into these four lines as we could. So he comes off as super disjointed, but you find out that there's no way that he can murder his parents. Yep, murder his parents without your help. So you help him murder his parents. And then after- uh,
1: They've been turned into monsters, to be clear. It's not I kind of like-
0: prefer the idea that <laughs> they were just bad people. Um, But yeah, no, they certainly look like monsters. So-
1: I mean, like they're not, you can't, Take that idea, because halfway through the fight, they realize who they are, and then they kill themselves.
0: Yeah. So, the <laughs> in this whole fight, etc., you're able to find another airship. I don't know how it is that there's so many airships kicking around, but <laughs> in order to escape from Eblin, Elbin? Eblen. You get into another airship, fly away, and then... It's kind of ambiguous as far as what you have to do. Is that where you are right now? Not quite. So I've, I really avoid I really avoid looking into spoilers or looking into like how to beat a game. I really want to experience the, the frustration of you know searching aimlessly and wasting time. So after searching aimlessly and wasting time and going to virtually every city on the overworld, I go to the underworld, and i climb up the tower of babel like twice thinking there's something i've missed and there's just just nothing and i'm like what what in god's and i finally find out that oh hey you're supposed to go to this place that's southwest i talk to the king he's like you got to go southwest of um the underground city uh albin ablin aglum ablin Agard." there we go
1: honestly i just don't want to correct you because it's really funny watching you <laughs>
0: Struggled struggle to pronounce. <laughs> I know. I know. So this guy's like, you got to go Southwest of the city, but you can't, you just can't. There's lava there. And you try to tell him and he just says the same thing. You got to go Southwest. You got to go Southwest. So finally, and dude, it might've been a week where every night I would just hop on and just be like, yep, no progress, different city, no progress. So finally I looked it up and it turns out that in the infirmary, of the dwarves. Nobody mentions this to you, by the way. In the infirmary, there is Sid. Sid didn't die. He's been in the infirmary totally asleep. He wastes all of his energy upgrading your ship so that you can sail across lava. I gotta tell you, man, it it's a really like it's a really frustrating plot point, honestly. Because there's just no indication of where you have to anyway. You would think that me going around the rest of the world would like help my characters level up a fair bit. It kind of didn't, though, because I was in an airship the whole time. So it was a lot of talking to people in villages. Yeah. And then climbing up the Tower of Babel like four times.
1: No encounters
0: on that airship. That's the beauty of it. It truly is. But the problem is, I've now unlocked, I think, the rest of the game. And one of the rest of the game areas is this like hidden cave of monster thing the
1: sealed cave correct
0: yes where you can uh club a bunch of seals you might call it the seal club so <laughs> i actually feel bad about making that joke i'm gonna take that out that was sad so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what makes you sad
0: the, the jokes about gobbles we, joke uh, totally we could joke about
1: we could joke about gobbles, but clubbing seals that's the line that i gotta draw
0: yeah man There's a there's a reason we have to talk about because this is the last thing I did is I spent hours and hours of frustrating grinding, carving my way down to this kind of like underground city of monsters. And here we have the library Chocobo. Have you ever heard of the library Chocobo, Preston? No,
1: what's the library Chocobo? Please tell me
0: so you carve your way down i think this entire area is optional and i don't think i'm done it yet because at one point they're like oh there's a boss at the end and you're like neat at one point you carve your way down and there are all of these enemies walking around but down here they just want to say hi they don't fight you it's actually pretty funny and you get to the library and there's this chocobo hanging around outside and i swear to god preston you walk up to it and it goes hey hey you yeah might want to check out some of the books in this year library.
1: Huh. I didn't know we were turning into an ASMR podcast.
0: Oh man. This Chocobo is so chill. So handsome. He just wants a little bit of you and a little bit of me. Anyway, so there's a library chocobo in this game, and it's probably the best thing to come out of Final Fantasy IV.
1: Really?
0: oh my god yeah like dude there's a i'm sorry i don't know if i've emphasized this enough there is a chocobo who is playing a librarian yeah that's amazing that so weird so there's another chocobo who is just like straight up an innkeeper this like city of monsters is like the best place ever March.
1: the Arch you mean right
0: is that the name it's going I by? so. Okay.
1: I believe that's what you're referring to. That's
0: pretty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you are hanging out in, you're hanging out in the city with the library Chocomo instead of going into the sealed cave.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I started up again, I'm going to go into that sealed cave, but I had so much trouble fighting through the fame arch to begin with that it's, It's just like, I feel like I'm not really ready for that sealed cave just yet. One of the reasons just to be just a, is that some of the things, some of the enemies you fight on your way to the fame arch are nearly impossible. There is one set of enemies where there's, there are like these arachnid spider women. They use earthquake, but they use it between every one of your attacks. They're incredibly fast and earthquake, is a pretty damaging ability that hits everyone in your party for like 300 damage. So if you do the math, by the time you get through all your characters, it's a disaster. They're almost all dead anyway. You just have to Um, exit. So
1: Feymarch is the town. This is the sealed cave dungeon, to be clear? Or is this another? No, no,
0: no. This is the dungeon to get to the Feymarch. There are a couple dungeons that you kind of unlock. And this is one of them. Okay. At the bottom of the dungeon is the city of monsters, but I guess we're calling it the Femarch. That's or or it
1: could be, I could be confusing the March with something else here at the end of the day. Cause the March is where radio is from and it's,
0: that's, that's exactly what this it, is. And, yeah. And
1: it's the, on the middle of the, it's an Island that's surrounded by lava in the middle of the
0: map. Yes, that's exactly it. So that's what I've been like kind of carving my way to. It's just, yeah, it's a really difficult area. We've been now talking about the plot for a good, like, 20 minutes. It's just, it's a, there's a lot of plot in the game. There's no, like, downtime in between plot points. It's just plot point after plot point. You haven't even gotten to the moon yet. Which I just assume.
1: It's a quick question, Lewis. Remind me again, which version of the game are you playing right now?
0: I am playing the, uh, the SNES version. Great. Because um, uh, that's the emulator I have.
1: So, uh, <laughs> God, I don't know how to respond to that sing-song voice Maybe anymore. we should
0: take a quick break, and then you can figure out how to respond to the sing-song voice on the break. And yeah, then like, let's do that.
1: See you in a few. <sighs> Sounds good, man. Welcome back to Choker Bros. Uh, where we left off, I was trying to figure out how to respond to Lewis and his sing song voice, and I figured out the response. So you're playing the Super Nintendo version, right? Yeah. Would you like to skip literally everything you just did?
0: I mean, no. Well, kind of. Eh. It's the point of the game is to enjoy it, and for the most part I've been enjoying. Wait, do they tell you that Sid is not dead? You don't even need to talk to Sid, truth be told.
1: On the Super Nintendo and PlayStation versions of the game, there's something called the Sealed Cave Glitch where um, after Rydia rejoins you as an adult and after talking to King Giot, Giot, one of those two. Um, I think it's
0: Giot. I think the G is Yacht. silent.
1: Okay, King Giot. Um, if Rydia casts the warp spell, the, you go back to the crystal room where you can pick up the crystal you need to pick up and then leave the room and return to the throne room, thereby skipping the cave that you need to go to.
0: Wow. That just hasn't been fixed? That's just a skip? It's
1: it's it's only in the Super Nintendo and PlayStation versions. It's been fixed in fixed in every version since.
0: I'm playing the, the Super Nintendo version.
1: Yeah, but so it's present there. It's been fixed in the more modern version. Wait, I games. could
0: have skipped this all?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. You can't anymore because you've uh made you've messed with the um tracking, so.
0: Oops. The thing is, is where I am right now, the difficulty jump is just so significant that it I, I do need to grind. And it's not going super well because in order for me to go anywhere, I basically just have to escape from all the battles. So I'm not really getting anything out of them.
1: Yeah, there may be – if you go to the sealed cave, that may be more your level. You may be in like a higher level area than you should be at the moment.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's true. Do you, do you ever have to – do you know if you ever have to go – to the uh, the Fae March, or is that just wherever
1: the town is? I hope it's called the Fay March, or maybe I'm messing, or maybe I'm just confusing it with something else. I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty.
0: Well, it's the Fae March now, <sighs> but like, then time is supposed to move faster there. But the thing is, is like I've been there for now a while, and I don't think time's yeah, moving.
1: No, unless you unless you leave faster. and go back to the rest of the world to figure out. Ah, Goldbez won.
0: <laughs> the
1: world's in ruin. It's fi- it's Final Fantasy two all over again.
0: Can you imagine if you like slept in the you slept in the fame merch for a little while and then you woke up and you're like I just had a terrible real Rydia, didn't you spend like two days here and suddenly you like edged up in life like ten years and then she would go like yeah and then you run outside and the world's just gone yeah like that would be a really funny twist I would really enjoy that I know it's not gonna happen but that'd be really funny
1: that would be pretty good that would be pretty good
0: and Sid would still be asleep. <laughs> 10 years later.
1: Yeah, it's just a pile of bones on the bed. (laughs) Uh, So what I wanted to talk about now is I want to talk about version differences because as I said last episode, um, I played the DS remake of Final Fantasy IV. I never played the Super Nintendo version or any of the other versions. I've just played the DS remake. And I can look at my shelf right now, look to the right, and I can see there's Final Fantasy IV. Checks out. Yeah. And so... A couple of things are different between your version and mine. But before we get to those differences, I want to talk about the differences between the North American release and the Japanese release on the Super Nintendo. Sure. Because remember, this game was called Final Fantasy II originally because it was the second Final Fantasy released in North America.
0: Sure. Sure, I love it. Let's do it. And
1: the logic behind the some of the changes were, oh, this is the second Final Fantasy in North America. We need to tone things down a little.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the first one's pretty risque. There's a lot of of creepy stuff in that game. A lot of really troublesome stuff in that game.
1: Well, there's both of that and also stuff to make the game a little bit easier. Not as easy as the easy type version, which I made a mistake last episode. I said the easy type version was the North American version. It's not different oh regardless
0: that makes me a little happy because i'm struggling a bit right now regardless
1: the game is still easier than the japanese version <laughs> okay. um, how so for starters um one of the classic things in final fantasy is negative status effects okay like you could be poisoned turned to stone charm toad hmm. all those sorts of things and in other games each of those has like an individual item like you cure poison with an antidote for example Not in Final Fantasy IV North American release, because all the individual items are removed and everything's a remedy. Hmm. You just get remedies from the start of the game. And they also uh, now only cost 100 gil instead of (laughs) 5,000. And you can find them in any shop. Okay. Yeah. You can also find ethers in any shop, whereas in the Japanese version, they're hard to come across.
0: Yeah. On the other hand, the ethers are so expensive. like They're prohibitively expensive
1: yeah they didn't really change the price on that but them. the sheer fact that you could buy them is well yeah that's a huge upgrade um various item costs have been decreased across the board some uh equipment has been made a little bit stronger mm. Not a lot but a little bit um all of the battle items in game that can reap that can replicate the effects of spells like red fang spider silk, Um, all of them are gone. Red Fang is still in the game, but all the other ones are gone. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Like, you can't use Spider Silk to cast Slow. Um, I see. I see. Stuff like that. Some Hmm. abilities have been removed from the game. You can't use uh, Cecil's Darkness ability or Rose's Prey. Or Uh, anything
0: useful if you have Sid. Or... (laughs) Or Edge, honestly. Like, we didn't really talk too much about new party member Edge, but... I can't keep him alive long enough for him to actually get experience at the end of battles.
1: Actually, apparently, um, Sid and Edge didn't like that. Their abilities were removed.
0: Well, that's wow. I find that hard to believe with Sid because he has one ability and it sucks. Edge has a lot of abilities, but fun fact: you can't use them when you're dead. So I really haven't been able to I, use. I Edge like at Edge. All. I like okay. What part of Edge do you like? <laughs>
1: The character design and also to be fair, I have memories of him not dying instantly all the time. So the character
0: design is cool. It's just his def- his defense is so pathetic, and his health isn't nearly what like Kane and Cecil is. So like in Final Fantasy IV, you have a five-party member system. We've been over how you know the game really shoehorns that in. Yeah. Three of the party members are on the front line, two are in the back. So it makes a lot of sense to have Sid and Kane and Cecil in the front line when you have them or Karate Master Yang when you know of Cain and however that goes. But the problem now is that I need either Rydia or Rosa or Edge on the front line. And Rydia is a black mage and Rosa is a white mage. So it would make sense that Edge, who does melee attacks and a bit of magic and a lot of different cool things, I guess he would be on the front line. But that makes him incredibly vulnerable to everything that happens. So whenever I go into any battle, Edge gets like just launched upon immediately. He dies so fast. Sometimes I get one hit in with him. But otherwise, I'm just spending all of uh, Rose's time just reviving him and reviving him. That's why Edge frustrates me is because I can't really get into him too much because he keeps on dying. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, so you said that Edge is less useful in the Japanese version? <laughs> Sorry, what was that?
1: You just really want to hate Edge. Get on the hate Edge train.
0: <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I just you hate, hate him Toaster. Do- no, Toaster's great. Although, fun fact about Toaster you can be any character you want when you move around the world map, which is kind of a fun quirk that I really enjoy, actually. Whenever you're playing as Toaster, being Kane, and you start walking north, you get to see the back of his helmet, and the back of his helmet looks like a cute little butt. It's, there, there's no getting around it. His helmet, the, dra- the classic Dragoon helmet from the back, looks like a butt. And, and that's all I'll say about it.
1: Well, you heard it here first, folks. Lewis is a man. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, to so prevent you from rebutting that,
0: I'm hey, hey, hey. Un- yes. not
1: intended.
0: <laughs> Amazing. I'm
1: definitely not intended. God. So good. Anyways, the differences between your version and the DS version. Let's talk about what's been added to the DS version. Okay. Because I comparatively had a much different experience from you, starting with the fact that it's all in 3D and there's voice acting. Okay. Not full voice acting, but there is voice acting. Also, I can walk around in eight directions and you can't.
0: <laughs> I have the power to move diagonally. Is that is that really a huge... I mean, okay.
1: Haven't you wanted to move diagonally in that game, but discovered that you couldn't?
0: You know, I would take Edge not dying every second of every battle. Over the ability to move diagonally, honestly. But there's a new you know,
1: system called augments that are added, which allow you to inherit and equip abilities from other characters. Okay. And use them yourself. So for example, you wanna use auto potions that you automatically use a potion when you're taking damage? You can do that. Hmm. Do you wanna get um do you want the dual cast ability, which Palam and Purim have? Yeah. Yeah, but do you want like Cecil to have it? You can get that. How? There's an item that, like, augments are a type of item that you could pick up in the DS version, and they add new commands that you
0: can. Oh, not in the SNES. Not version. in the
1: SNES version, no. Only the hmm. DS version has access to that.
0: Gotcha. Like,
1: it's a lot. Um, well, I have to pay for um, items and remedies at their full price instead of your cheap low-cost, 100-gill-per-item thing. Yeah, it's been balanced to be more difficult, the DS version, compared to the North American Super Nintendo version. Um, it's more akin to... I won't say it's identical to the Japanese version, but it's closer to it than, um, you know, the original release. Yeah. Yeah, true. Sure. Also we have the proper names of spells and items. I have Phoenix down instead of life. Yeah. Um, Holy is actually called Holy because do the Nintendo's like family practice, like Nintendo focused on families and child friendly things a lot in the nineties. So what that meant is um, any religious references gone. Can a person wear a bikini? Nope.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Rosa still kind of (laughs) does. Yeah. They, uh, they do a lot with those pixels. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> what's more is that the Super Nintendo version, no one actually dies, technically.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this a little last podcast. Um, yeah. Because you're right. Nobody, and and it, it you, I don't really notice it. I didn't really notice it until, like, you know, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But you're totally right in that, like, you know when you kill something it swoons and like after sid dies it's actually pretty funny after sid dies everyone's like oh oh sid oh so sad so sad sid yeah and that's about it mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, there's no like sid is dead like guys just just say it yeah well, guys like- guys totally dead
1: One of the other balance issues um, to the DS version is that the bosses and enemies are way more difficult than in the Super Nintendo version. Oh. Like, enemy HP has been greatly increased, there are new attack patterns, they deal more damage, and there are more enemies on the field at a time.
0: I haven't found the bosses to be that difficult, honestly. I have found some of the enemies, especially where I am right now, to be pretty brutal.
1: And to compensate for that... Uh, spells like stop, hold, slow, are very effective now. Like in the end game of Final Fantasy IV, I distinctly remember having to cast like slow on almost every enemy because I'm like, I need this in order to win. <laughs> okay. Like just so they could stop attacking like as much, just so I could have some breathing room. Sure. It was a challenging game. It's been a while since I played it. Yeah. But I really like the remake. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like that's. Yeah. It, unlike the Final Fantasy III remake, well, the Final Fantasy III remakes issues are more to do with the fact that it's Final Fantasy III rather than anything else.
0: Yeah, you know, I think what's interesting about this game, by the way, I just sent you a picture um, of Kane's butt. Wow. <laughs> right? He did, send, in fact, send me a f-
1: picture over Facebook Messenger of Kane's butt. It looks like a butt. It does look like a butt.
0: Yeah. One thing I didn't want to talk about is how Final Fantasy 4 has been remade a fair number of times. Yeah. And I think part of it is, with those earlier Final Fantasy games, as charming as they might have been, and as nostalgic as they might have been for people who played them, like me, when they came out, the main drawing point was probably the innovative aspects of like the gameplay and the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think that the plot for those games was pretty rough at best. This is one of those games where the plot is good enough that you can really like, you can redo it and still get a lot of, uh, get a lot out of it. Whereas if you did like redid final fantasy three again, it would just be like, okay, like great. It's just not like, it's still, it's just not that great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like there are better battle systems now, like the Uh systems, the mechanics, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like...
1: It's all coming together, really. And... like Yeah. Yeah, like, 3 was the first game in Japan to really, like, become a thing that wasn't just, oh, it's just some a smaller version of Dragon Quest or a different version of Dragon Quest in a way. Because Dragon Quest was the popular games at the time, and Final Fantasy 3 was the one that was like, okay, Final Fantasy is now a thing. Mm, like, a yeah. popular thing. Yeah. And... With that, you can build off that. And so 1991 comes around, and Final Fantasy IV is like uh, improvements across the board, really. Like For sure. Maybe there's disappointment that the job system isn't back yet, but I think that could at least be explained by the fact that, hi, this is the first game we're making for the Super Nintendo.
0: Yeah, this is also a much more railroad-y game than a lot of the others. You kind of have to go from one plot point to another. And one of the frustrating things is if you don't do things in the right order, no matter how arbitrary that order is, you can't really progress. Mm-hmm. It's not the most linear
1: Final Fantasy game, all told.
0: but Not the most linear, but it's pretty darn linear.
1: Yeah. Like, the most linear is probably 10 at the end of the day. Because it's just, you go from the south of the map to the north of the map.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, I can see that. In
1: a, in a basic line. Um but yeah, four has a high degree of linearity to it.
0: Well, wait, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Eight, eight is pretty linear. Lewis. Because you start the game and you, and you play four missions that are all very straightforward. And then you decide to shut it off because the game sucks. So. You
1: made a little noise before you went into that. <laughs> and I was like, ah, this, this <laughs> <laughs> I like He's going to say something. And I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> and keep moving past to be it. honest
0: you can make the same joke about final fantasy 13 being linear because everybody kind of just gives up on that game before you get to the non-linear part of it
1: yeah but we're like nine games away from that
0: man we're like That's four really like at the, the rate i'm playing final fantasy 4 we're about four years away from that game so
1: hey look forward to final fantasy 14 when we figure out how we're going to play all those expansions
0: Jesus, god <laughs> um, okay Version
1: differences. Those are basically like the main ones I want to focus on. The DS version has like a lot of little changes specifically once you get into like how some status effects work, um, how some people can equip certain equipment or not, like changing the name for of some spells, uh, new summons added. It but,
0: sounds like the plot and the bones <sighs> of the game are pretty similar though.
1: No, the bones of the game are true like, at the end of it. The structures there, they just really changed a lot of it. Mm. And I'm looking at um, a list of, like, all the different releases of every mainline Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And the DS1's, like, the only remake for it, but, like, Final Fantasy IV, is, it, I think, has been released more times on more consoles than, well, any other one at the end of
0: the day. Uh, that, that Again, that makes a lot of sense because... You've got a good plot. It's not about it's not about the mechanics, which you know get old really fast. It's not like you're playing this game because wow, graphically it's amazing. Because at this point, if a game was based on the graphics in the '90s, uh, it's not getting remade. But the yeah, the art style though is quite good. Like it's 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 fine for what it is. I but it's a little bit like when you, like, it, it, there's only so good the art style can be for these games at the time, like, when you're in the well, game. Well... Really. Mm. Like, it's, you know, as as much as, like, and there is some pretty amazing pixel art out there, but, you know, you, you see stuff like the remake of Final Fantasy 7, and sh- and, the, and then you're going back and playing the pixel versions, and it's... There's only so much you can do with pixels, dude.
1: Oh, but wait, you could do a lot with pixels, and a good pixel game, like, a good-looking pixel or a sprite-based game, like, it can do a lot more. The other issue with, like, the art style of Final Fantasy 4-2, and this is something that's common with a lot of the Final Fantasies that first release for a certain console, particularly um, the across the Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, and PS2 mm-hmm. eras, is that the difference between the first Final Fantasy that's released for that era and the last one is huge.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Because
1: it's a lot of high. We're getting used to things here. Like, to jump ahead, the difference between Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX is a gulf.
0: Absolutely, graphically. Yeah. Also, this, well, hmm. I'm
1: I'm strictly speaking graphically.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, graphically. I'm not not drawing into,
1: like, art styles or, like, um, the aesthetics overall. But, like, graphically, there's a leap between that and you and so in the super nintendo era when you look at final fantasy 4 what it is right now and you move over to final fantasy 6 well one of those games is really really gorgeous and i'd say and final fantasy 4 looks good but between yeah. like 6 and 4
0: yeah no like you're not wrong and i mean like even the more recent final fantasies that haven't been as critically acclaimed they still look really good like final fantasy is always tried to really ramp that graphic element to... I mean, you could argue that... I mean, you can do more than argue. You can almost state out of the creator's mouths that the reason Square Enix had a bit of a a falling out... No, not falling out, but they left Nintendo for a little while is because...
1: Technology. The technology just
0: wasn't where Square Enix wanted it to be for their games. Yeah, the
1: difference between the cartridge and the CD.
0: Yeah, it wasn't Square Enix back then either. Yeah, it was just Square
1: at the time okay square soft square okay. yeah yeah so we're not gonna get into square enix until we get to final fantasy 12 so that's true
0: i just know them as square enix because you know yeah i don't live I in mean, the 90s I... do you want to live in the 90s never god no 80s even less 70s i could do all right, do you want to uh, put a bow on this episode and uh, kick it to the last of Final Fantasy 4? Yeah, we're going to finish
1: Final Fantasy 4 next episode, for episode 9, right. where we're going to potentially journey to the moon. Potentially.
0: Who can say? Yeah, Gulbez promised me the moon, <laughs> so we're getting to the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. Although he is a backstabber, as we've established, so yeah, he is a backstabber. Definitely a backstabber. Preston, have I done my last job for him? Like I've done the last job for him like five times. So I think I'm done with my last job, right? Knock on wood.
1: Get your get get over to the sealed cave. Journey through that and see what's on the other side.
0: Is there anything else you want to discuss as far as the second part of Final Fantasy IV is concerned?
1: How do you like the journey itself?
0: You know, it's a little exhausting. There's easily more plot in this game than in 1, 2, and 3 combined. I don't think it's terribly close. As for far the as better,
1: just, I would suggest, considering how it, little plot there is.
0: Mo- mostly for the better. It really does read like a crazy action movie, but... Again, the problem is just those those times where you don't really know what to do, and you have to stumble across plot points. That really breaks the game up in a way that isn't very isn't very satisfying.
1: As opposed to breaking the game up by its natural way, which is when does your when does each party member die?
0: Yeah, like it it doesn't it doesn't really flow very well as far as parts are concerned. You can kind of just write one gigantic paragraph as far as the you know. As far as the plot of this game is concerned, there is one natural kind of break, which is where the boat sinks. I think that's probably the, the end of the first part kind of thing.
1: Mm.
0: You know, yeah. more or less.
1: Kind, of, Yeah, I could see that to an extent. Part one of four,
0: maybe. Yeah, yeah. but the problem is, is it is just a lot of plot and the characters themselves just aren't very well developed. I know that they cut a lot of the script, from the main yeah, game,
1: they did that
0: and they did. honestly it it would have I think gone a long way in so far as just developing the characters and their motivations and their characters themselves, like but let me counter let, let me raise a counterpoint to that.
1: Would you like the current breakneck place to be even a longer breakneck
0: pace? not a longer one exactly, but just one where I care a little bit more about what's going on, and it doesn't feel like everything has been hacked down to only the most necessary things. Like, I feel like I'm getting the spark notes version of final fantasy IV by playing final fantasy IV.
1: All right. All right.
0: Well, you know, the one thing we, one thing I didn't mention is at one point you have to find a way to get to this mysterious cave, right? So you can kill the dark elf, which there's always a dark elf. I don't know why, but the only way to get to that mysterious cave is to get a black chocobo. There's a like a, a place where you can find black chocobos in this village that you get to right away, uh, Troya. but you don't get a black chocobo from there. You have to go up to the north part of the continent and find the one pixel that the chocobos are in and then catch a black chocobo. If you don't know that, and there's not really a lot of indication that that's what you have to do, then you can kind of just wander around aimlessly forever just getting in constant fights on the world map, which is kind of what happened. Like... I was stuck on that plot point for a while. And it's, when you figure it out, it's not like, oh, I'm so smart I figured it out. It's like more like, my God, this was the answer. (laughs) This is, I've been, this is what you've
1: been working towards. This is what I've been stumbling across a desert for.
0: Yeah. Like, listen, I'm okay with like quirky plot points like that. But for instance, if you're going to make it so that you have to get Sid's help, to like get the airship across the lava to make it like able to fly over lava. Give me a couple ways to actually make that happen. Make it so that I don't have to like stumble across Sid in a bed in an infirmary that I would never visit. Otherwise, like that's, that's, I think my biggest issue with this game is that there are so many times when you kind of have to stumble across a plot point, but the only way to progress the story is to stumble across something. There's no real, like, figuring, stumps, figuring it out kind of thing, mm. you know?
1: Also not helping matters is the fact that the translation for the Super Nintendo version is pretty poor, even by Square standards of that time.
0: <laughs> I mean, wh- where were the standards... Created. There,
1: there were no standards.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> really. So, like,
1: it was bad even by that standard. Though so I would like to say on that note, on the translation, before I, before I forget, the greatest line from from Von Le Fantasy Four, which is um, spoken by Tella, and he's speaking to Edward. And he says the line, "You spoony bard."
0: <laughs> you know, I didn't even notice that because I just thought that was a kind of a funny line. I, I, I don't think I got to that line, and I was like, "Oh, that's definitely a mistranslation." I just thought it was funny.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird instance where it's like "spoony" is probably a good insult, but also he's really angry, and instead of saying literally anything else, he goes with "spoony."
0: I know. I Again, like, it's not like a clear grammatical faux pas. So I just thought that it was tele being kind of weird. And this is kind of a fantasy world, so I could buy it. I don't know why they didn't check that with anybody, but... <laughs> you were just like, yeah, that seems normal. Yeah, you know, I guess it helps when the people translating the game have played it, right? So, but always be a positive... That's all for
1: the eighth episode of Chocobros: Bros, A Final Fantasy Journey. We hope you'll tune in next month when we conclude our look at Final Fantasy IV. If
0: you like the podcast, share it with your friends. And if you didn't like the podcast, keep it to yourself. One day we'll set up a bird feeder with new episodes and you can all come, perch, and furiously peck away at my terrible analogies. In all seriousness, please share the podcast and let us
1: know what you think about it. Find us on Twitter at Chocobros Podcast and wherever podcasts
0: exist. I'm Lewis, and I still need to invite you, Preston, to my underground library, where all the bookkeepers are Chocobos and all the books are one line of exposition. I'm Preston, and that's not a library, that's NASA Trip. And this is Chocobros.
1: Okay, that's kind of neat, but also question mark for <laughs> about like repeated a no, hundred
0: times. No, it's stupid. Well, it's stu- no, no, it's not neat. It's stupid.
1: Uh, not neat. I should say that's interesting. As in, it piked my curiosity, and then question marks. Uh, let me so, let me share so with you this tweet that effectively summarizes this.
0: Who was asking for that?
1: <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? Video games. I. Video games.
0: This is in for- Fortnite?
1: Yeah. I don't believe it's on the main map, but you're also deleting this entire portion of the conversation unless we want to open with MLK Fortnite news.
0: I. Like. <laughs>
1: So so it's not on the main Fortnite map, but Fortnite, you can make custom maps. Oh. So this is like an interactive exhibit to go in.
0: So this is just made by a Fortnite. random person.
1: No, not a random person. By Time Magazine, I believe. I by think. Time's
0: Magazine?
1: It's Time Studio, so give me a moment to figure this
0: out. What? Why? Um... This is this is
1: no. It's no. I'm not exaggerating. It's um, the Time Studios, which is the television, film, and an interactive like oh, so division of Time. Time Magazine.
0: It certainly puts things in perspective.
1: I know. Isn't your day better knowing that this um, exists?
0: Well, Jesus, yeah. God. So yeah. that. Yeah, Uh. wow. Welcome back (laughs) to Choco Bros, where nothing makes sense and the world is in shambles. So, yeah.